to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Go to Hebrews 6. Hebrews chapter 6. That's where we're going to start from. Hebrews 6. Is where we'll start from. And we're going to read from verse 9. Hebrews 6 from verse 9. And let's go. Beloved, but beloved. So in case no one has called you beloved before in your life. Here at church, you are our beloved. Amen, beloveds. So, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. I think there's a device that needs to go off and hopefully be on silent next time. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. Wow. Just encourage someone and tell them we're confident that there are better things coming in your life. The things that accompany salvation. What, what are some of the things that accompany salvation? Tell them. Things such as Praise God. Okay, verse 10. Why are we confident of better things concerning you? Because God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God is not unjust to forget what you're doing. He's not unjust. Next verse. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. So even as you are in a place where you're still believing God for certain things, don't reduce on what you're doing in his kingdom. 
Show the same diligence. Next verse. That you do not become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Sometimes the way faith is taught, you might think patience, like faith is the opposite of patience. And yet the interesting thing is that the people who've inherited the promise are those who've learned to combine faith and patience. Now, patience is not just waiting, because if you're going to wait, you're going to wait anyway. I'll give you an example. I've had moments in my life where I've been patient and moments in my life where I've not been patient. I'm just talking about just regular things. For example, if I have an appointment with somebody and we agree to meet at a certain place at a certain time and they delay, I may not be very patient. Right? I may start off. I don't know if you're getting my point. <laughs> but on the other hand, if this is somebody I consider very senior to me, I will not be waiting. I will not be waiting with the mindset of, where are they? Where are they? Don't they know I'm busy? I'll be waiting with the mindset of, I'm honored to wait, oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so you notice that patience is seen not just in waiting, but the attitude that you have as you're waiting. Because if you're going to wait, you're going to wait anyway. But it says those who through faith and patience. Now, what is faith? One of the definitions of faith, which perhaps is rarely said, is that faith, and I want you to, I want you to take note of this. Take note of this. Okay? Faith is the conviction of the accurateness of God's word. Faith is the conviction of the accurateness of God's word. That's what faith is. It's the conviction of the accurateness of God's word. And when you've been around God's word for some time, you can tell when something is God's word and when it's foreign. For example, imagine your parents left home before. Imagine you're still with your parents, so then your parents left home quite early. And they asked your cousin or your sister to tell you, oh. And they come and say, mom and dad say, they'll be passing through at lunch. They should find chicken is cooked. Now, if it's something you're familiar with and you're the one who cooks, most likely, you will trust that that's probably coming from them. Now, I want you to imagine this. On the other hand, imagine your cousin comes and says, oh, mom and dad are saying that by the time they're coming back, they should find you've sold everything in the house and kept the money for yourself. Are you really going to believe? Are you really going to believe that? So that's what faith is. It's the conviction of the accurateness, the truthfulness of God's word. 
there is an example I remember giving a Dominion conference. How that there are people who are so convinced that their name is their name. That no matter what you call them by, they will not respond to anything else. Because their name is their name. There are some who are even, they won't even respond if you use the wrong pronunciation. You know those, right? Those petty ones. If you use the wrong pronunciation, they will not even respond. The amount of irritation I feel when someone spells my name Frederick as Frederick. <laughs> and then they're like, but this is how it's spelled. I said, no, this is how I spell mine. You know, I discovered something. Um, when going to get my NRC, I used an affidavit because I didn't remember what my birth certificate was. And so when recording my name, I used Madaliso as in S-O, not T-S-O. And because that's the one I'd been using on all my documents. And I was convinced that it's like that. Lo and behold, I found my birth certificate. It was TSO. <laughs> but no one can talk me out of what I've believed. And that's the way faith works. It's your conviction about the accurateness of God's word. Are you convinced? Do you still need convincing? And one of the people that's mentioned, we can look at verse 13. One of the people that's uh, mentioned is Abraham. In verse 13, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Uh huh. Saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. So, it's interesting that Abraham is one of the people who's constantly mentioned. As a matter of fact, he's called the father of faith. So let us look a little bit at the timeline of Abraham. Praise God. Let's look at the timeline of Abraham. Abraham was first called Abram. I'll just give you a summary. Then I'll highlight the major points. If you want to read scriptures, start from Genesis 12. Going down. So Abram was called Abram at first. And he lived in a place called U.R. I don't know whether it's U.R. or Ur. Or Ur. For those of you who've done your geography, where is Ur found? So it's between Iran and Iraq. I've forgotten, but one of the two. Guys, you don't watch those documentaries. Okay, so he lived in the land of Ur. And Abram's father was an idol worshiper. He was an idol worshiper. And at some point, they had, they lived together for a total of 70 years in Ur. And then they went to the city of Haran. 
And then his older brother, who was the father of Lot, died in Ur sometime before this migration took place. Then after living there for a few years, his father died, I think at about 205. And then in Genesis 12, God speaks to Abram and he tells him something. And now I want you to picture it. So Genesis 12, God speaks to Abram and he tells him, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Uh-huh. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Let's continue. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know, there are some people whom it's dangerous for you to even attempt to curse them. Like it's dangerous to yourself to attempt to curse certain people. <laughs> so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot, that was his nephew, went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So the timeline of Abram is that at 75 years old, he begins to walk the way of faith. Abram then lived a nomadic life. He lived a nomadic life. He never had a permanent place. Now, to understand the timeline of Abraham, you read from the old and you read from the new, right? We can see this timeline when you look at Hebrews 11 and verse 8. It says, by faith, Hebrews 11 verse 8, please. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Imagine I give you a coin and say, start off. To where? To the place I'll show you. As you're starting off, know that I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. I'll make you great. And I don't explain how. Abraham never received the how. Now, Next verse. So in short, there's an element of faith that is blind. Oh God, how best do I put this? There's an element of faith that is blind. And you know, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a paradox. Because on one hand, you have faith because you see where you're heading to. But then on the other hand, Sometimes your faith is because you don't see where you're heading to. And there are certain things that God reveals after some time. After some time. I never thought I would be pastoring, for example, at this age. 
And I'll be pastoring all of you wonderful people who are also nice. And the majority of you don't give me challenges. Praise God. <laughs> and those who used to give me challenges, I'm sure you're planning on reducing. <laughs> Praise God. As a matter of fact, there are certain things that I can say I was doing without knowing what they were leading to. And have you ever had moments? Perhaps there are certain things about your life that you have figured out. We all have them. But do you also have certain areas where you're not very sure how God would take you to where he's told you he's taken to? Sometimes you're not even sure where he's taking you. Sometimes he just gives you the next step. There are times he can show you when you go there, do this, do that, do that, do that. And then there are times where he'll just tell you, tomorrow, do this. Like, what about next week? There's a, there's, a, there's a part of faith where sometimes you may not fully know where you're going. And that's where, that's where faith comes in. Have you ever... You know, sometimes human beings, we complicate faith and yet we practice it so many times. When you're on a plane, no one even looks at the pilot. No one asks the pilot if they've turned at the right turn. It's not like in buses where people play around. Oh, you can drive away. <laughs> Why was there Zaruti? On the plane, no one asks any of those funny questions. If the plane is a bit more advanced, perhaps you can be able to see on a screen that you're now over like some blue water and you've got no idea how to, because you trust that the pilot, the thing is this, the level of, the level of technique it takes to pilot a plane is perhaps more advanced and more sophisticated than it takes to drive a bus. So with a bus, you can tell if the driver is doing the right thing. With a plane, majority of us perhaps may not be able to tell. So you just trust that the guy knows <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> And there are moments where sometimes you just have to sit and say, hey, my waitress, <laughs> they don't cook a drink. <laughs> I was going to say something, but it's okay. <laughs> As in, no, people bought those things with no idea how that machine flies, no idea the sewer system of the machine. I don't know, we just trust it. No idea about so many things. But we just go ahead and do it, you know? So there's an element of faith that's like that. Let's go on. For he waited. Why, why, why was Abraham nomadic in nature? He waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for the city of the Lord. Scripturally. Let's continue. What else do we see? Now, in that's the first promise. In Genesis 15, God then comes to talk to Abram again. And I want us to read what he said. Now, at this point, Abram is... 85 years old. So now he's been walking about 10 years in the Lord. 
After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Whoo! Uh-huh. But Abraham, but Abram said, Lord God, what would you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? I mean, you told me that, you, that my descendants would be great and the like, and then, well, currently my heir is my servant. Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, no one is born in my, no one born in my house is my heir. Uh-huh. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Next verse. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Wait, go back. He brought him outside. How? Did he tell him go outside? Did he just find himself outside? Did he pull him outside? Did he grab his hand outside? Because he didn't say he asked him to go outside. Okay, next verse. And he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. God could have easily ended by saying, you have a son. But then he makes it even worse. He says, come out, count. That's how many your descendants would be. Abram, just ask for one. Normally, what God reveals to us, it has to have some element of impossibility. It has to have some element of Maybe there should be some geographical, economical, sociological, psychological, or physiological, or logical reasons why it can't happen. There has to be some element of that. that he prefers it that way. Now, continuing in the timeline. The very next year, which is in Genesis 16, his wife... Sarai was like, okay, Abram. Look, I think they calculated the word. Like, look, what God said is someone from you. So, didn't necessarily specify that it's from me. So, you know, um, I'll just give you my maid, perhaps. And so, at this point, Abram heeded to the voice of Sarai. And that's how Ishmael was born. That's how Ishmael was born. When Abram was 86. But that was not the plan. So they lived with him. I think he even turned 13. And when that happened, God appears again. This time Abram is 99. He had stayed walking by faith at the age of, is it 75? 
This time he's 99. And at 99, God appears again. If I've gotten my timeline right, that should be Genesis 18, right? If my timeline is right. Yeah. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mermer as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Let's just follow it. He lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. I don't know what level of discernment he was at. And he said, my Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Uh-huh. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. And they say, do as you have said. Then he changes the plan. Remember he said, just a morsel of bread and a little water. Abraham hurried to the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. So God ate cake. Uh-huh. Next verse. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a tender good calf and there was a bride and gave it to a young man and he hastened to prepare it. Next verse. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. So there are two angels in heaven and the Lord who have a record that they had a bride, they had cake, and they had butter and milk. And then me. <laughs> you expect me not to follow in the will of my father. <laughs> then they said to him, ha. you know, this shows me that there are certain encounters which must be provoked by certain actions. Have you ever had moments? Maybe there is a holy moment. A holy moment and you know, this moment is precious. It's precious. I need to do something. I need to, like, I'll, I'll give you what I personally do. There are times when we have a service. And I notice that in that service, there's something I've experienced, which, not comparing to other services, but it feels unique and new. I immediately turn and increase my offering. That's what I do. There could be something special. Have you ever had a moment where you know that right now, if I'm to stop what I'm doing and go pray, I will hear the Lord? There are moments where you need to do something that provokes the situation. Imagine, the three would have just walked by. Abraham stopped them. Did what he had to do. And it's only after they ate that they said to him, where is, your, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, Sarah was eavesdropping. Sorry, she was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Let's go. Now, Abraham, Abraham we've already skipped the stage where his name was changed, right? That should be 17. Genesis 17, right? That's, that's for your own timeline. Now, Abraham 
and Sarah, and her name was also changed to Sarah, were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Now, we, don't, we do not know in this age what year menopause was, but Sarah at this point was about, I think, 91, 90, somewhere there. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. Ha, 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 ha. Like, I can imagine Sarah is listening, and like God is speaking, and he's like, I'll come by next year and your wife will have a child. <laughs> and he says, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. Or message translation, with this old man of a husband. Now, what happens next? 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Uh-huh. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I'll return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Next verse. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. <laughs> Sarah had an exchange. <laughs> Let's go on. <laughs> then the men rose, and then next it changes to Sodom. Maybe just for purposes of the person who may be wondering, we're going somewhere. There's something I want us to see. Somebody say Glory. Just for purposes of uh, one part of the timeline that we didn't touch, let's just touch it. Genesis 17. Just one aspect of the timeline we didn't touch from verse 1. When Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am Almighty God, or I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. Or walk before me and be perfect. Next verse. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Now God, you've already told him about descendants in Genesis 15. You, you, you keep telling him things. Where is, when is the action? Have you ever been there where God keeps replying to you with more prophecies? I, I don't know if you're getting my point. Where you even... When somebody even tells you, I have a word for you, you're like, ah, another one. <laughs> you even, you even, your book is full. You even like, do we even add this one to the list? And yet what people do not know is that with every word, <sighs> ruach is released. Breath is released. Breath in Hebrew is ruach. How many words were given about Jesus? I don't know. But for every word, those ruach released. And then when Mary asks, how will I have this child? The angel replies, the ruach hakodesh will come upon you. All that breath that had been collected. Praise God. Now, there, there, there are times where patience may mean being as excited about the prophecy as you were the first time you heard it. Because surely it can only be closer now. 
And you know, sometimes the hardest period in life may be when you're like in the middle. By that I mean, I remember when I was in university, I didn't really enjoy second year. Matter of fact, my memories about second year are blur. Reason being, first year felt a long time ago, but finishing also felt a long time to go. I, I, I have respect for all medical students, the Lord bless you. Because at Unza, just the way I would like, there are some courses at uh, main campus which take five years. When someone says I'm in fifth year, I'm like, hey, you have grace. You have time. So I, I really honor and highly respect our highly esteemed uh, beloveds who are doing medicine. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I was in second year, it felt like I haven't, I felt like I haven't moved so far, but I still felt like I had a long way to go. I don't know how it is for medical students, which year feels the most boring? Fourth year? Third year? Fourth. <laughs> okay. But nevertheless, there's just that aspect of being in the middle. And then God keeps giving you words. Imagine, after all this stuff had happened, God comes again and says, I will make my covenant between you and will multiply you exceedingly. Let's go on. Then Abraham fell on his face. His heart was still reverent. Now, this is something that, like on a personal note, it's something I have to be very, um, what word can I use? Careful with. Do you know the number of times I have received the, the you will be great prophecy? Like that one, for example. Do you know how many times I've received that one? <laughs> Every month. I hear well. So, meaning for me, the challenge is will I still be reverent? Whenever God releases it. Do you know how many times I've received a prophecy about our building? I'm busy looking for land. And <laughs> before you're thinking of raising the final amount with the prices of plots these days, you're thinking of, okay, so our strategy to raise this like this, like this. The words I keep getting are not of a simple building. Just last week, I received a call from someone I reverence highly. And he explained what he saw. Apparently, I was showing him. I was showing him around. I was like, Lord, like, can't I just enter there, go grab it, bring it this way? <laughs> and can I tell you the funny part? I'm probably one of the only people who's never had a vision or a dream personally about it. That I've seen a lot of things in my life, but that one, I've not seen it. <laughs> is that a bit shocking but then whereas that's my challenge I get calls from pastors whom their challenge is if only they can find a venue for 50 people <laughs> I once received a call and there was a ministry I was in trouble they needed a 350 quarter or else they would be chased out of the venue they were in. It's, it's, the, the walk of faith is interesting. It's very interesting. 
So there are some who, like, they'll send me a message, no, like, if you check my emails, my inboxes, especially from pastors, how can I make it like you? I, I replied to one, how do you know I've made it? <laughs> no, I was very curious, like, how do you know I've made it? <laughs> it was also, it was a very, actually, it was a very interesting question. The reason I asked it was to decide whether I was going to reply or not. You may never know. Someone may think you've made it in ministry because they like the car you drive. If that's their definition of making it, then I'm not the person to text. There are so many people with nice cars. <laughs> no, honestly. What's their definition of it? So Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, uh-huh. as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. Uh -huh. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants and after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Nowhere do we see in the scriptures that there was a point where Abraham had stopped believing. And so he receives this promotion in the spiritual realm. But it's yet to manifest in the physical. But he starts calling it out by its name. What do I mean? The way names were considered then, perhaps a little differently from now, the only reason we consider it a little differently from now is that we actually don't know meanings of names. It's just because we don't know the meanings. I, I, let me give you an example. Um, I don't even know what Frederick means. Rich, noble, wealthy ruler. Right? So imagine if Every time you meet me and you ask me, what's your name? And I replied, rich, noble, wealthy ruler. Really? What about your middle name? Many blessings. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. That's the way names would be taken in those days. But then in, in our period, there are many names that we honestly don't really know the meaning. So we, we may not take them very seriously. But then I want you to imagine... The next day, they're asking Abraham, what's your name? I say, it's father of many nations. What? Father of many nations. And can you imagine the laughter they're breaking down? In the guy who's calling himself father of many nations doesn't even have a child. Even after he had one child, I'm sure they were thinking, when Chabina Kamana Kamoz yet, father of many nations. We know people give birth every year. <laughs> no, but think about it. Anytime anybody addressed him and asked, what's your name? He said, father of many nations. And Sarai, her name was changed to Sarah. If I'm not mistaken, that's what? Princess of multitudes? Something like that. How many of us would have the boldness? How many of us would have the boldness? That if God tells you, Apostle, that from now on, say you're Apostle Frederick, pastor of millions, would you have the boldness to always introduce, hi, I'm Apostle Frederick, the pastor of millions. And that's it. Pastor, I'm not going to say 
Praise God. In your confessions, what do you call yourself? Like, if I was to have an ear in some of your private confessions, who are you? By what name do you call yourself? I'm curious. How many companies are under you? Even just in your mouth. Because that's where dominion starts from. How much influence do you have? Okay, here is a very honest question. Here's a very honest question. Should the Lord tarry and you get to live uh, to the edge that as your pastor I'm expecting you to live, which is at least, at least minimum 80 to 90, at least minimum. That's for those who are tired eventually, at least minimum 80 to 90. Those are things I say in my prayers, by the way. By that period, 80 to 90, when is your peak? When is your peak? Like, do you ever think about such things? Like, when would you be, like, at the peak of your life? Like, like if there's ever been a time where my history should be recorded, it's at this period. Would it happen by chance? Or whichever period it is? Or do some of you feel you've already peaked? Maybe you peaked early. You peaked in second year. <laughs> Let's look at wealth. What do you think your net worth will be? Do you actually think about such things? Like what will your net worth be by the time you're 70, 80? then what will you be able to accomplish with it? Let me not say much. One of the things sometimes that I think of, you know, there are those parts of Zambia that are very undeveloped. And so there's that period where I'll not be pastoring any branch like you have to intercede to know which 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 branch I'll be at that week. <laughs> Over that period. So sometimes I imagine it. We sit down and we say, okay, we've targeted and we pick an area that we've targeted. And we say we'll live there for three months. By the time we're done, a church must be built, a school must be built. There must be some form of industry in the area and the place must be developed onto the next area. That's how I usually imagine some of my latter years. How do you imagine yours? <laughs> what level of the miraculous would you have reached? If you imagine such things, so what are some of the craziest miracles I imagine doing? Some things are not to be uttered for now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be ending shortly. I was just giving us a brief timeline of Abraham. Now, 
there is a part that I want us to understand. He changes his name. Now, his timeline is described in Romans 4. Now, I want us to read from verse 13. Now, this chapter should be my favorite on faith. Reason being, there was a day I, was, I, I, I felt down some years ago. I felt really, really down. I just, everything just didn't seem like it was working out. And I listened to a sermon, and this was the main portion of scripture. I've never been the same. It says, for the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Let's go on. For if those who are of the law are heirs of faith, are heirs, faith is made void. And the promise made of no effect. Let's continue. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Uh -huh. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. And not only to, and not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, whose father of us all. Verse 17. Now, here's the aspect I really want you to get. What was the kind of faith Abraham had? It says, this is what Abraham believed, right? So it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed. Remember we read earlier in Genesis that when God spoke to him, he decided to believe. And all the years, God would come back and, re and leave him with a word. Sometimes in our patience, we're not even willing to wait one week. For 25 years, God just keeps giving Abraham a word before the child was even born. But the man believed. And it says, in the presence of, whom he, of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Next verse. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. You know how faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? So at least there should be some hope. But for Abraham, it reached a position where it was hopeless. The situation was hopeless. It, it, like there was no hope. And it says contrary to hope. He literally fought against hopelessness. He believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith. He, his body may have been growing weak, but his faith wasn't. His body may have been depreciating, but his faith was appreciating. It says being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. I want you to understand this. Not only was there a challenge in the two of them reproducing, even in their prime. Now the situation was worse. The womb was now dead. It wasn't just barren. Meaning the womb didn't even have the capacity to carry a child, even if, it was, even if there was conception. It was no longer just about fertility. The womb was now dead. And Abraham... His own body 
was now not at the level where he could produce a child. And yet he did not consider even his own body. Anyone who agree with me here, one of the hardest times to have faith is when your body is giving you a challenge. With a bank account, sometimes it can feel a bit far. It can feel like external. But with a body where you're saying, hey, I have the health of God, your leg. <laughs> your leg has another idea. You say, I'm strong and healthy. It replies to you. You think you're healthy. I've got the joy of the Lord. Your heart thinks otherwise. Usually when something is within you, it's one of the hardest fights of faith. And it says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. What this means is this. Abraham wasn't... I'm Abraham. No, no, no. I'm Abraham again. Um, I'll have a child. You know what? It's okay. My servant will be the heir. Um, he, he wasn't wavering like one minute is this side, the next minute is this side. I've been called for a life of health. Lord, even if you never heal me, I'll still serve you. <laughs> How many times do we do that? I've been called for wealth. Hey, the riches are mine, Lord. Between me and poverty, I've decided... <laughs> Then you even go find the song that says, Nangushi Kwete Fiance. The other day, Lord, I claim it. I'll drive all the best cars in the world. The other day, Nanguni Pandringa. He didn't do. He wasn't like on a line. He was all the way that side. Like he was all the way on the side of faith. Hey! He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. How you know your faith is strengthening is when the worship can still come out. It's when it's still, oh, glory, glory to God. Worthy is your name. Your body keeps giving you challenges. Oh, God, I give you glory. Wow, by his stripes I was healed. Thank you for what you did on the cross. What are you doing? You're siding with faith. You're siding with faith. I'm not saying he pretended. He didn't go about telling people, oh, there's like a child at home we just haven't shown you. He wasn't pretending. But there's a reality he believed. Because there's a difference between faith and pretending. So he didn't lie to people that there's Junior at home. But he's still... <laughs> I know he just has skin problems, so we haven't shown you. No, 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 no. But he didn't waver at the promise. Hey! But he was strengthened in faith. Be strengthened in faith in the name of Jesus. Giving glory to God. Next verse. And being fully convinced, he knew that he knew that he knew that he knew that what he had promised he would also be able to perform what happened. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Next verse. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. <laughs> no! Hey, hey. no, no, no. Somebody shake yourself and say, glory, glory. Hey. 
There are moments where you have to allow your spirit to get excited by the word of God. I said glory! That's why we are confident that the things that accompany your salvation, you will see them. Praise God. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, Abraham didn't have Abraham to read about. Lift your hands. I want you to say the most faith-filled words you've ever said about yourself, about your church. No, you're not going to do it seated. About your family. There are certain decrees that are not made seated. I want, if you've ever said faith-filled words for the next two minutes, as in, if you have to scream them, if you have to run from there to there to declare acceleration, it's okay, no keyboard, no drums. I also want you to say faith-filled words for the next two minutes. One, two, go. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.